drawing room over here. Oh, hey, come on in. From club collaborations to her own atmospheric folk music, Liz Martin has been putting out memorable music for a couple of decades now. She's one of the artists featured in the Sydney Opera House's Liminal series, a collection of live concerts being streamed online now. Liz is also the interim CEO of Accessible Arts New South Wales and my guest in the drawing room. Liz, welcome. Oh, hey, Patricia. Lovely to meet you here on on this uh, radio program. It is a nice place to meet, actually. We were setting up to speak to you around the Vivid Festival earlier Mm. last year, but then the lockdowns happened and everything went on pause. What was that time like for you? Uh, yes, it was pretty heartbreaking um, watching some wonderful gigs just slip through our fingers. But, you know, always super conscious of um, the positives, I guess. And um, I learned a lot during that time about um, making the world a more accessible space online and what the possibilities of that opened up. So I guess there were you know, there were great sides to it um, in some contexts. Uh, and then, yes, very, very unfortunate um, for many of us in the performing arts, for sure, really difficult time. What were some of the possibilities that started to open up? Oh, just the amazing way that you can communicate online with a whole range of people and connect. And things that I think for a lot of us we hadn't even considered previously was able to happen. Like, you know, just connecting with people in regional New South Wales or uh, Melbourne or Hong Kong. Like suddenly everything just seemed a lot easier, um, which is kind of bizarre because that option was already there. But um, uh, it was terrific. We did a lot of online gigs as well during that time. Uh, so being able to perform um, to people, you know, that may not want to go to a live gig for a variety of reasons um, was really spectacular and to have that connection. So, yeah, just learned a lot more about uh, an online kind of accessible space, which was really interesting and connecting in different ways. Um, but I also re- realised how much I love to hug and how much I missed hugging. So I'm still trying to work through that one at okay. the moment. All right. Let's, we're going to get back to your hugging because I think that is definitely worth exploring. <laughs> Do you think that some of these changes can continue once things get back to normal or will it be too easy to settle back to, to our usual habits and patterns? Oh, no, look, I think um, I'm really keen to explore hybrid kind of events and I think uh, I think it's really important to do that and to find new ways to entertain and to share those performances. I think um, just rushing back to the way things were um, would be a shame and we'd lose all the we've learned during that time. I think for a lot of us, it's hard to attend gigs in person, be it that you've, you know, maybe you've got kids at home, um, maybe you're a person with disability, uh, maybe you live um, outside of, you know, metropolitan areas and there are less local gigs. Um, There's a variety of reasons. Um, Maybe musicians should be thinking about how much we're travelling around all over the planet and uh, the impacts of that on the environment. I think there's a lot of reasons to be exploring hybrid events. 
so I'd like us to keep looking at that and exploring that. Uh, I think it's a really positive space to develop and improve and it has real meaningful um, impacts for people with disability for sure. I find it interesting that you said that you learned a lot about accessibility over this time because you've been involved in accessibility around the arts mm-hmm. for for such a long time now, but there yeah. were still things you were finding out, right? Like what? Well, the online space, I don't think we'd explored it enough. And it certainly opened up things for us uh, around having... Um, in in having events, having exhibitions, having performances online, having meetings, being able to connect with people who um, may not be able to get out and about. I think, yes, I do know a lot about access, but I also think it's a space that is constantly changing, growing. Um, we're all learning more and more about it. Uh, and so there's always room to improve delivery. There's always room to improve our knowledge and awareness of each other. And then that informs how we best deliver access. Uh, so if you find that exciting and creative and um, engaging, it's a really exciting sort of space to to work. Um but, yeah, you have to be prepared to be open and to keep learning and to keep improving on what you're providing. I don't think access is ever like a tick, that's all done, this is fully accessible. I, I think that that um, is not the best um, way to, to develop and to, to deliver. I think it's really important to always be open-minded uh, and be prepared to learn more. Mm. Your show that was captured by the Sydney Opera House is streaming now and it's a really wonderful performance. But but was it a little strange setting up in this kind of grand venue without the audience around you? Take us through that night. Uh, yes, it was. Um, it was. We were performing to the team, the production team, so maybe there's, I don't know, 20 or 30 people in the room. Uh, it was very empty it was absolutely nerve-wracking um, and uh, bizarre because there wasn't an audience there to bounce off. So it was strange. It was still, yeah, very um, kind of intense and and kind of uh, very heightened um, but wonderful. And one of the things I loved about it was um, being able to play. Um, we kind of played in a circular kind of setting, I guess, Um, looking in at each other and playing together as a group in that way. We didn't have to, you know, be facing an audience and sort of feeling the pressure to perform in that sense, Um, and that was wonderful. I'm I'm a very reluctant kind of front headline kind of person. I like, um, I love the songwriting, I love the collaboration, I love music and listening and expression, but um, I've really had to kind of push myself over the years to perform. Uh, and so for me, this was almost like a naturally beautiful space and way to do it. And when they said, oh, we're thinking of this, I was like, oh, that's like a dream. This is great. Yes, I'd love to. Sounds awesome. On Radio National, I'm Patricia Carvellis. Liz Martin is my guest in the drawing room. And we're talking about music and performance. 
Liz, we're about to hear your track Nighttime. What should we know about this one? Um, can I tell you? Uh, the sound you hear at the beginning, you'll hear some sort of strange kind of uh, um, wafty, airy kind of sound, and that's um, the sound of Michael Bridges playing musical saw, uh, which is always like an audience grabber. Um, and you'll also hear some sort of scraping sounds off the, the edge of the cymbals and so on. Um, Nighttime is a love story. It's um, set at night under the moon uh, in a graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's hear it. This is Liz Martin with Nighttime. Nighttime by Liz Martin, who's my guest in the drawing room. Liz, let's head back a little way. What was your journey into music? Oh, wow. Um, look, I grew up in a very musical family uh, who loved, we all loved music. We all learned music as kids. It was fundamental to, to the way that we all grew up. Um, and it's always been... Um, super close to me and a way of, of seeking refuge, um, seeking um, comfort, space, sp- spiritual um, collaboration, connection. It's how I breathe and express myself. It's my first love. It's all of those things. Lots of people learn music, but not all of us release kind of this many excellent albums. How have you kept yourself going through all these years? Uh, I think I am fairly curious and I think I've moved through different areas of music and that's kind of uh, kept my interest. Um, I've also collaborated and had different kind of connections with music over the years. So, you know, I sort of, when I first started performing, I was playing a nylon guitar and singing, I guess, blues, kind of blues folk maybe music um, with a guy who was playing harmonica. <laughs> it was very sort of sparse and and blues and then went kind of gradually into more like electronica, folky kind of crossover um, and then really explored electronic music for several uh, years for a long time and then have kind of come full circle back now into a more um, acoustic or, um, I mean, it's all, we're all playing 
you know, electric guitars and whatnot, but it's more people connection, real music, real interaction in that sense. Um, uh, and have uh, not, not really um, connecting so much with electronic music anymore. So I think exploring, if you're interested and you have that kind of movement, it makes it very easy. Time just um, uh, goes by very quickly. So um, I don't know. It's just an area I love that always has my um, attention. You're an associate producer with Hack Sounds as well. Tell us about that project. Oh, Hack Sounds is um, it's a it's a project of 107 projects in uh, Redfern in Sydney. And uh, it's we're really interested in exploring how music can be accessible to a whole range of people, um, be that through the kind of gear that we buy or the kind of ways that we make music. Uh, we this is wow, this has been on hold twice now due due to lockdowns in Sydney, but. Um, the next project we're working on, I'm very excited about, and is called Music Senses, and is an exploration between musicians who are hearing, hard of hearing, and deaf, um, exploring music making together. It's like a creative exploratory kind of lab, um, trying out instruments, different instruments, different kind of um, haptics or vibrational devices that you can wear now to um, explore music making, um, lighting, all sorts of things that we're going to um, put in place to allow some collaboration between these different musicians. I think um, there's a presumption often in the hearing world that um, people who are hard of hearing or deaf have little to no interest in music, whereas often I find that that is not true at all. And in this process of bringing people together, we've, we've naturally found loads of um, people who are deaf or hard of hearing who are musicians and who have, um, are really keen to take this project on and explore and start collaborating. And I think it's going to create a really amazing space for all of us um, uh, to explore what's possible and how we can really collaborate together. It's super exciting. I always ask my musical guests to introduce us to a song that they love. What have you picked for us? I have picked um, a version, and excuse my terrible pronunciation, but I've picked a song sung by Cantano Veloso uh, called Tonada de Luna Llena. Um, which is Tune of the Full Moon. Um, I don't know how many songs have been written about the moon, um, but this is gorgeous. It, the first time I heard it uh, was in a Pedro Almodovar film and uh, it will just take you some other place. Um, the song was written originally by um, Simon Diaz, a Venezuelan singer, and this one is equally gorgeous and I really hope you enjoy it. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Patricia. 
Liz Martin has been my guest in the drawing room and her latest album is live at SUS and she's part of Liminal, a series of live concerts being streamed by the Sydney Opera House. For more information, head to stream.sydneyoperahouse.com. Now let's have a listen to the track that Liz has picked for us to hear. This is Satano Veloso with Tonada de Luna Yena. Así es como se enamora Así es como se enamora tu corazón con el mío Tu corazón con el mío luz 